The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group Ohio. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. This is WHIO's Consumer Warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. There is a season turn, 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 and a time to And welcome to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. Gloria is off today, but soon to return. I want to thank you for being here. If you're a recent or longtime listener, we certainly hope this show has made a difference in your life. Each week, we try to give you something new and different to think about. I know it's early. It's early for some people still. I haven't had the second cup of coffee, but we're trying to give you that, that, that gem, that nugget that you can think about during the weekend. And through the week, we're also looking to help you with your life planning, to make that a little bit clearer, to make your decisions a little bit better and less stressful and more proactive, to make your relationships a little bit deeper, and maybe even your sense of purpose stronger. And if you're a brand new listener, well, we welcome you to our family get-together held each Saturday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern, and thank you for being here. What makes the show even better is when you and uh, and your friends and family can share your insight and inspiration. It's easy to do. 457-1290 is the number to connect with us in the studio today. 937-457-1290, anywhere in the area. You can also write to us anytime at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com. And we still look for regular mail, and we get letters here, too, at There is a Season, care of WHIO Radio, 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio, 45402. Be sure to catch the program around the country or around the world at whio.com. Again, 9 o'clock Saturday mornings. That's 9 Eastern. And we're also on the iHeartRadio app. So in recent weeks, we heard uh, a lot of news, a lot of different news. You know, we live in a 24-7 news cycle. But one of the things that popped up and then came and went uh, perhaps too quickly was the whole um, unfortunate story of little Alfie Evans. And who was Alfie Evans? Well, the... Um, he was the young child born to Tom Evans and Kate James uh, in England. He was first admitted to Alder Hay Hospital, in uh, Children's Hospital in Liverpool, all the way back in December 2016 after suffering seizures. And he had been a patient at the hospital ever since. He was diagnosed with a degenerative neurological condition. And the doctors could not quite pin that down definitively. But there was a clash between the parents and the hospital over what should happen to Alfie. And um, Alfie had been in a semi-vegetative state for more than a year. The Alder Hay Children's Hospital, after this clash got underway, went to the high court in England to seek a declaration that, quote, continued ventilator support is not in Alfie's best interest. And in the circumstances, it is not lawful that such treatment continue. And of course, um, you know, that was countered and it went back and forth. It got footballed around and so forth. And, and one of the key dilemmas that came out of all of that was, of course, whether doctors are the right people to determine if withdrawing life support treatment is in the quote-unquote best interest of a terminally ill child. You recall we had almost a, I don't want to say a perfect copy, but we had a copy of the same case last year with Charlie Gard. Uh, He was an 11-month-old baby who died last year following a similar battle over his treatment. 
And we covered uh, that in a show that we did called Who Decides um, Between Life and Death. You can catch that in our podcasts. Uh, once we get our site relaunched, you'll be able to see that, and we'll point you to, to that uh, shortly. So um, the law in the UK, in England, falls somewhere in between these two opposing sides, what the parents were hoping for. As you know, later on, they were trying to uh, take their child to a hospital that was welcoming them in Italy. The Pope was involved, the president was involved, celebrities got behind this and so forth. The 1989 Children's Act makes it clear that where a child is at risk of harm, the state can and should intervene. That means that the rights of parents are not absolute, and the state has been emboldened to challenge the view of parents where they believe the child's best interests are not being served. Uh, so if, if a public body disagrees with the parents' choices, they must go to court in order to override this and so forth. So that case happened, and uh, we didn't do a, a show dedicated to it this year, but we, we were well, well aware that the, the story brought out very strong emotions, and there was this worldwide outpouring of support for the couple uh, that, as I said, included a lot of celebrities and uh, high-profile people who were uh, trying to influence it in one way or another. And, of course, an additional element in this story was the fact that we're talking about a very young child, as again, the case of Charlie Gard last year. The innocence and the vulnerability of these children, I think, helped to move millions instinctively to want to do something, anything, to preserve their lives. It seemed for a lot of people a very practical thing. Well, gee, if we just get the child out of that country, there are people who want to help. Well, alas, things did not work out that way. And again, we bring this up in reference to the show that we did called Who Decides, which focused on the questions surrounding rights, laws, the role of medicine, what is involved, who decides, you know, what is the best interest in this case. It's complicated, of course. But I want to take your attention on that and move it to another spot on the continuum of life. Just change the position a little bit on the dial, not your radio dial, but on this, this question of life. And we're going to talk again about rights and laws and best interests, only within a different context, and that is of adults and their physicians. And the key question I want to explore with you today is who decides when I die? The debate over physician-assisted suicide. Many will remember the name of Dr. Kevorkian as a leading proponent and practitioner of physician-assisted suicide, or as people call it in the industry, PAS. Kevorkian was an American pathologist and euthanasia proponent who was arrested and tried for his direct role in a case of voluntary euthanasia. And there is a, some, some hair splitting going on here. Physician-assisted suicide, people will tell you, is when a physician prescribes medicines that can <clears throat> lead to the termination of life, whereas voluntary euthanasia is the administering of those things. Nevertheless, Dr. Kevorkian was convicted of second-degree murder and served eight years of a 10 to 15, uh, uh, 10 to 25-year sentence. He was released in 2007, died in 2011, and one of the conditions of his release, uh, release was that he would not offer advice nor participate nor be present in the act of any type of suicide involving euthanasia to any other person, as well as neither promote nor talk about the procedure of assisted suicide. Now, at the time of Dr. Kevorkian's notoriety, we were... I think culturally in a very different place than we are now with regard to physician-assisted suicide, or PAS. But um, an author, Wesley Smith, highlights where things have gone in his article, The Wages of Death. And if you listen to some of the statistics here, PAS has expanded significantly 
through a number of European countries, Canada, Colombia, and believe it or not, six U.S. states plus the District of Columbia. And he writes in his article, 25 years ago, Newsweek, remember them? Newsweek published my first essay. In the wake of my friend's suicide under the influence of the Hemlock Society, I worried that some suicides would be promoted as a virtue if assisted suicide or euthanasia was ever accepted. And he goes on and says, After that, I predicted eligibility for hasten death would expand to those who, quote, who don't have a good quality of life, perhaps with the prospect of organ harvesting thrown in as a plum to society. He anticipated a lot of controversy, and he got it. Got it. Uh, a lot of vitriol hurled at him and so forth, people wishing terrible things upon him. But he was trying to make a point about where this would go as policy, not as a one-off, but as a policy thing. And in the years since, in that 25 years, doctor-administered lethal injection, euthanasia, has become legalized in the Netherlands, Belgium, Canada, Luxembourg, and Colombia, and as I said, in six states and the District of Columbia. The latest uh, also was the state of Hawaii, and they enacted a statute in early April, and other places in Germany and Switzerland and so forth. Uh, in Switzerland, the previously little-known 1942 law permitting assisted suicide has become the basis for a flourishing suicide tourism industry. Tens of thousands of people have now been legally killed or assisted in suicide by doctors in these jurisdictions. Not only have many of the worst fears that he expressed in 1993, this is Wesley Smith, come about, but in some ways things have become more radical than I ever dreamed of. The Netherlands led the charge down the slippery slope. Assisted suicide was decriminalized in the 70s, as long as doctors followed supposedly strict guidelines and the categories of those eligible to be killed expanded steadily thereafter. The process has accelerated, especially since formal legalization in 2002. Currently, more than 6,000 people in the Netherlands die by euthanasia and assisted suicide each year. Killable people, as he puts in the article, now range from the terminally ill and the chronically ill to people with disabilities, such as people with paralysis and chronic alcoholics, Dementia patients who ask to be euthanized in advanced directives. The elderly with non-threatening, um, non-life-threatening health conditions or early dementia. And even 83 mentally ill patients in 2017. Um, according to the medical journal uh, JAMA, uh, J-A-M-A Psychiatry, in recent years, depressive disorders were the primary issue in 55% of Dutch mental il uh, illness euthanasia cases. And babies born with serious disabilities, such as spina bifida, or with terminal conditions, are lethally injected under a neonatal euthanasia protocol. He goes on to describe various uh, cases of abuse, where an elderly woman was euthanized for macular degeneration. An anorexic young woman was put down because of suffering she experienced from her eating disorder. Um, a nursing home doctor who euthanized a patient he thought had lung cancer before the diagnosis was confirmed. Um, he goes on and on, and we'll share more of that here uh, as, as we go through the program. And so the question becomes here, and, and we're going to try to do this as balanced as possible. There are a lot of people who talk about this um, in very passionate ways. People who have had terminal illnesses, people who have had long suffering, who seem to have these, uh, you know, no way out uh, in, the, in these situations, and they want to argue for it in very reasoned tones. There are organizations, the Hemlock Society, 
uh, the Final Exit organization that promote a lot of this. But of course, it flies in the face of a great deal of other stuff, right? Uh, in the medical world, the Hippocratic Oath still stands out there. And some people think it's a quaint thing that ought to be thrown on the dustbin of history. Uh, and a lot of people say, no, it's still very much uh, an important thing. We're going to discuss that here uh, in the future. But of course, I'd like to get your input on this. Four five seven twelve ninety is assisted uh, physician assisted suicide something that you have uh, considered or come across in your family? What's the thought process that goes into this? Have we as a nation uh, become um, so enamored of the idea that we have the rights or that physicians have the rights to make the determination about who lives and who dies? Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today um, when we come back. So, as I said, there are certainly reasoned positions for and against physician-assisted suicide. And we're going to also examine the role of palliative care in this discussion. Plus, we're going to talk about the practical impact of legal decisions about who decides when to live and when to die. What really happens when you make policy? Again, I'd love to hear from you on this. 457-1290 is the number to join me today. Do you think physician-assisted suicide should be legalized? Is that a line we shouldn't cross? 937-457-1290 when we continue. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. If you served in the military, you may be eligible for health care benefits at the Dayton VA Medical Center. These are benefits you've already earned through your military service. Regardless of when or where you served, you may be eligible. To apply, just call us at 937-956-0770. Visit our website at dayton.va.gov or just walk into the Dayton VA Medical Center and ask for assistance at the front desk. The Dayton VA Medical Center. You served us. Now let us serve you. What goes better with summer than live music and cold beer? The answer is nothing, folks. Not then. So on Saturday, June 23rd, Miami Valley Gaming gives us rhythm and brews. With over 100 great brews and live music headlined by Little Ed and the Blue Imperials on the Yingling stage. Plus food trucks, plus free admission. So come down June 23rd from 4 to 10 p.m. for nothing but good times. See player services for complete rules. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the Gambling Helpline at 1-800-589-9966. And what a beautiful day today at the old ballpark. A break in the action in time for one of the fans' favorites, the Kiss King. And oh, check this guy out. He's too busy enjoying his bucket of chicken to give his girl a kiss. People are starting to boo him. Oh, oh, oh now, now they're cheering because it's Lee's famous recipe chicken. Oh, we can't blame him for that. Right now at Lee's, serve up to eight people for about four bucks each with the famous 16-piece meal. That's 16 mixed pieces of chicken, four large sides, and eight biscuits. Lee's, famous for chicken. Baby boomers have shared their frustration about how much tax they pay. Let me reverse that for you and put the emphasis on saving taxes. This is Chuck Oliver, founder of the Hidden Wealth Solution, and I've been helping clients for over two decades to get their retirement on track and avoid the tax traps. Daily, I see clients paying taxes needlessly instead of maximizing their financial future. Learn how to save unnecessary tax and optimize your retirement. Visit retirementprotected.com, retirementprotected.com. You know the moment. The homework and dishes are done. Your family responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. Ah. <sighs> 
That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-comforting orthopedic made locally at the original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com June 2nd and 3rd, come enjoy the 42nd Annual Troy Strawberry Festival, sponsored by Kettering Health Network. The theme this year is Strawberry Palooza. The festival is located downtown Troy and on the levee. Shop at over 100 craft booths, activities and entertainment to enjoy all weekend, and of course, all kinds of strawberry delights to savor. Free shuttles will be running to and from Waco Airfield, Miami County Fairgrounds, and Hobart Corp on Ridge Street. More info at GoStrawberries.com. That's GoStrawberries.com. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. This is Larry Hanskin. For years I've been telling you that my painting days are behind me. I'll never pick up a brush again. Instead, I pick up a phone and call University Painters at 937-630-3800. That's the number you need to get a truly professional paint job. Now, while I don't paint anymore, I can remember my previous efforts and the worst, painting ceilings. I got paint all over me, in my eyes, my mouth, more on me in the floor than on the ceiling. So this time, when we had an upstairs bathroom leak, what did I do? I called Chris at University Painters, 630-3800. He came out, took one look at the problem, gave me a complete and thorough estimate, and now my ceiling looks like new. Ceilings, walls, indoors, outdoors, a professional paint job really does make a difference. Get on the schedule now and take advantage of University Painters Spring Special. 50% off all paints and materials. Call 630-3800, 50% off all paints and materials. You can also go online at universitypainters.com. Less humid and really a pleasant Saturday for you. Partly sunny skies, highs in the upper 70s, clouds increasing in the evening as a cold front approaches, and that will bring with it the chance for showers and thunderstorms for your Sunday. Best chance in the late morning and early afternoon. But we will dry out for your Sunday evening under partly cloudy skies. Highs will be near 80 degrees. I'm meteorologist Crystal Davis on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Gloria's away for us uh, today, but she'll be back soon. We are talking about life and particularly death. Who decides? Is physician-assisted suicide something we should legalize, as has been done in half a dozen states in the District of Columbia? Is it justified? Is it a bridge we should not cross? Four, five, seven, twelve, ninety. if you'd like to weigh in. Now, despite some of the horrific applications of PAS, which we're going to get into in this article by Wesley Smith, we'll get back to that probably in the second part of the show, there are reasoned arguments for assisted suicide. Uh, and against assisted suicide. So I just want to be um, clear here about what the proponents say about this. So so we're kind of balanced in our approach to this as we have this discussion. One of the most well-known arguments presented by advocates of assisted suicide is this 
idea of the right to die. You've heard of right to life, and there are a lot of people talk about the right to die. The United States government grants its citizens most fundamental rights as an inherent part of liberty. In fact, the Ninth Amendment to the United States Constitution grants all fundamental rights not already granted in other parts of the Constitution. It's clear to proponents then why there was such a strong case for Americans to possess the right to die. According to an organization, Right to Die, .uslegal.com, the right to die is defined as the various issues related to the decision of whether an individual should be allowed to die when he or she should continue to live with the aid of life support or in a diminished or enfeebled capacity. In essence, it means that a person should legally be allowed to commit suicide before dying a natural death or even to refuse to receive care that would extend their life. And you get into some of this when you do uh, your your living will, your advanced directive is called, or, or your you know you may have DNR orders written and so forth. People are making some decisions about what means may be employed in a medical setting to keep someone alive, particularly in a sudden situation. But a lot of times, this stuff is also written well in advance for people too. So the, you know we're right up against that line here. However, contradictory regulation seems to exclude the right to die from this Ninth Amendment at least from a medical or most medical professionals' perspective. The Hippocratic Oath, which has been used by physicians as a code of ethics for more than 2,000 years, is generally taken by all physicians. Part of the oath reads, quote, I will follow that method of treatment, which, according to my ability and judgment, I consider for the benefit of my patients, and abstain from whatever is deleterious and mischievous. I will give no deadly medicine to anyone if asked, nor suggest any such counsel. Uh, Close quote. Some argue the Hippocratic Oath is outdated and no longer appropriate in a medical world that has witnessed so much technological and political change. Others um, say it should be adapted for modern standards. The phrase, do no harm, is in dire need of a reevaluation. According to a Dr. Philip Nitschke, this does not, uh, he says, does not doing harm mean that we should prolong a life that the patient sees as a painful burden? Surely the harm in this instance is done when we prolong the life and doing no harm means that we should stop, uh, that we should help the patient die. His logic um, is hard to argue with in this case, but advocates argue the literal interpretation of the oath here, the Hippocratic Oath, uh, doesn't really um, represent the principles applied to some of the legal controversies that we've heard here. Now, palliative care, it's a widely used term in the euthanasia debate. It's often defined as physical, emotional, or spiritual care for a dying person when a cure is not possible. The question is whether it's possible to achieve such quality in palliative care uh, if it's enough to prevent a person from feeling any need to contemplate euthanasia. In in other words, you may have uh, various steps of palliative care that you might want to employ, but are they somewhat suspect or called into question if you know that ultimately it's going in a certain direction and you would still like to trigger the opportunity for physician-assisted suicide or euthanasia. So um, advocates for legalization of assisted suicide contend that euthanasia in no way precludes doctors from providing the best palliative care. In fact, if anything, it enables them to demonstrate the respect for the patient's autonomy to choose these things. So these are, these are some of the issues that we're getting into here and, and why some people have said uh, there should be greater argument for this. And as we've often seen with a lot of things in this country, there tends to be a domino effect when certain states pass things and they move on and then other states uh, start dealing with it. We've had it with the marijuana debate. We've had it with uh, gay marriage. We've had it with a lot of things where it eventually winds up in a court and somebody makes a, a uh, decision that is the law of the land. So 
There are particularly those who have suffered uh, long illnesses, as I said, or have watched terminally ill loved ones suffer for a long, long time, who would agree with the argument for physician-assisted suicide. And of course, there are those, uh, many of us, who, for whom PAS is a travesty in medical practice. And we're going to hear that side of the argument, plus more from author Wesley Smith, when we come back. We also like your calls. Should physician-assisted suicide be legalized here? Why or why not? 457-1290 to join us. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News Update, our top story we're following this morning. The summit between the U.S. and North Korea is set to go on as planned. This after an announcement by President Trump. Could see some thunderstorms Sunday. I'm meteorologist Crystal Davis. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic still looking all clear this hour from what we're seeing out there on the freeways and the service streets. Looking at westbound I-70 at Snyder Road to State Route 49, that's 21 miles. You can drive that in about 20 minutes. And our top story on Capitol Hill. After a time of uncertainty about a historic summit set between President Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, the president announcing that the meeting is still on for June 12th in Singapore. Kim Jong-chul came to the White House today with a letter, this one from Kim Jong-un, which he hand-delivered to President Trump. That's Fox's John Roberts. He says that the president is believes North Korea when they say that they're ready to make efforts toward development of their country and dismantling of their nuclear program even further. Well, new, new news this morning from a fiery crash in Centerville where two cars slammed into one another. Cops say the 24-year-old driver of a car that caught fire is suspected of being under the influence at the time of the crash. A total of three people were taken to the hospital from that scene at the intersection of Austin Pike and Yankee Street. The car car that burst into flames reportedly rear-ended an SUV that was stopped at a red light. Right now, we're working to learn more on the condition of everyone who was involved. Well, now to Sheffield Lake, where a standoff put SWAT member Eugene Potasik in the hospital in critical condition after he was shot. The U.S. Marshals Fugitive Task Force went to arrest 39-year-old Martin Robinson, a former state prison guard who was wanted in connection with an incident in Brook Park last year. WJW Cleveland's Jack Shea says Robinson was also wounded and is taken to the hospital. He's now in custody. Now let's get a look at that exclusive weather forecast with meteorologist Crystal Davis. Less humid and really a pleasant Saturday for you. Partly sunny skies, highs in the upper 70s, clouds increasing in the evening as a cold front approaches, and that will bring with it the chance for showers and thunderstorms for your Sunday. Best chance in the late morning and early afternoon, but we will dry out for your Sunday evening under partly cloudy skies. Highs will be near 80 degrees. I'm meteorologist Crystal Davis on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95. 7 WHIO. 
The latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar showing we're all clear throughout the Miami Valley and it's looking beautiful out there. Taking a look at things from our studio here on South Main Street in Dayton, staying relatively cool throughout the entire Miami Valley, especially in our area. 61 degrees in Troy, 67 in Springfield, 68 in Dayton at 933. Seeing the temperature elsewhere starting to rise a little bit as that sun creeps up there. If news breaks, we break it immediately. I'm Jonah Adi on Dayton's 24-hour news weather and traffic station AM 1290. And News 95.7 WHIO. Depend on it. This is Clark Howard. If breaking news happens, we break in anytime. WHIO. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning and welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. Gloria's off today. We're talking today about physician-assisted suicide and whether it should be legalized. We talked a little earlier about some arguments for PAS, and we're going to get to the counter-arguments here in just a moment. But there is a line open for you to weigh in at 457-1290, 457-1290. We're going to be joined here by uh, Steve, who's calling in from Tip City. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for calling the program. Oh, thank you very much. I, I hope all's well for you today. Uh, it, it's going well, except Gloria's not with us, so it's not not quite as cheery in the room here. And it's also, it's a tough topic we're talking about, but you had some opinions about that. Yes, uh, you, you know, I'm, I am the only MD ever elected to the General Assembly in the state of Ohio, and, um, you know, there, there's two, two, two bills real quick. One, uh, Senator Williams' uh, bill in the Senate uh, for physician-assisted suicide, and uh, it has had no hearings yet, uh, and we're running out of time in this General Assembly. And then uh, Representative Lottrette has a bill on palliative care about how to, um, what palliative care is in, a, in the state of Ohio and uh, how insurance should pay for it and, de and defines many different things in palliative care. And that has gotten through the House and is currently uh, sitting in the Senate and is, uh, should be passed here soon. What do you feel uh, when you see certain states that, that pass these things and other states that don't? What is the general uh, sense that you get uh, from constituents about this whole idea? Is this still something that is uh, beyond the pale for us culturally, or is it something that so many people have faced uh, because of a terminal illness, because of a long-term serious illness? Uh, and we're going to talk here a little bit in, in terms of some abuses that I think have gone on around the world with regard to this. But what's your feeling about this whole thing? Well, you know, I have a, I think I have a unique perspective. Being a practicing physician and a person of policy in the General Assembly is that, um, you know, you, you talked about it before about uh, gay marriage in different states, uh, marijuana and things like that. And I just, you know, I just find uh, the General Assembly and the constituents in Ohio just not ready for something like that and they're just still conservative and still have the moral fiber not to want um, assisted suicide in the state of Ohio. Does it seem in your mind, uh, since you're, you're familiar in this area, when you get into things like advanced directives, living wills, DNRs, and things like that, are we right up against that line with some of the wishes that people express in those documents? Yes. I mean, we still have to respect how a patient, uh, what they want and uh, in, uh, in how they feel. And, and you know, it, many times you get to the point where you know that you know, nothing is going to help, and the ultimate outcome is death. And to make death um, respected and, and and comfortable, I think, is, is the goal. 
Have you yourself encountered this personally? Without I practice emergency medicine, so uh, on a regular basis, I you know have to make that decision where somebody has a heart attack. Um, what do you do? Um, you know, and I have no problem standing there saying, "Let's stand here and pray and anoint the sick and and uh, and 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 make it go in peace." Okay. Well, we'll we're going to have to follow the 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 progress or lack thereof of some of these bills as they go through that. Uh, through, the, through the House and Senate here in, in the state of Ohio. I would sense, as you indicated here, that there probably is not much of an appetite in this region of the country, but you never know. Uh, and, and, of course, with technological advances um, and even what's what's going on in the so-called black market, because I know a lot of people will do your – they'll create these do-it-yourself kits uh, for, you know, uh, assisted suicide and so forth. I mean, there's an awful lot of people out there who are very convinced that this is the way to go. Yeah. In, in a lot of things in politics, we can disagree, agree to disagree. So, well, I appreciate you calling in today, and I and uh, I wish you good luck. All right, you take. Thank care. Thank you, Steve. You take care. Bye. Four five seven twelve ninety. If you'd like to weigh in on the topic here of a physician-assisted suicide, we talked about some of the case for uh, assisted suicide, and we're going to talk now here a little bit about the the case against, and it really falls into three categories: uh, ethical arguments, practical arguments, and religious arguments. Uh, one of the most commonly presented ethical arguments is often referred to as the sanctity of human life. In other words, human life is sacred, and any deliberate taking of life is prohibited in our culture except in the defense of others. Another widespread ethical argument is known as the slippery slope, and I'll get back to that in just a second here, expressed uh, expresses its, uh, the concern that euthanasia, with the permission of a patient, where to be le- where is it going to be legalized? It would not be long before the involuntary euthanasia would start to happen, involuntary euthanasia. Defenders of this concept say that legislation could never create a definite enough barrier between voluntary and involuntary. Think about that now, especially if you're a caregiver, if you have power of attorney, if uh, you have certain authority for somebody who's in declining health, where is that line? Right? Where where's the volition? Uh, where does that evaporate or start to go away? And so in this case, it's a very big issue. In worst cases, uh, there's a fear that doctors will kill burdensome patients without permission to spare additional health care costs. Some argue that assisted suicide devalues human lives, that the practice basically implies that it's better to be dead than disabled. Most disabled people would vehemently dis- disagree with this notion, but if we were to legalize euthanasia, would we seem as a society to be reinforcing the notion? So those are some of the ethical arguments. Now, practically, we talked with Dr. Steve briefly here about a bill for palliative care. This is the physical, emotional, and spiritual care for a dying person when a cure is not possible. It neither hastens nor postpones death. Rather, it just tries to minimize pain and suffering until a patient faces death. Some contend that stellar palliative care is the more practical alternative to euthanasia. The introduction of euthanasia could potentially reduce the availability and or quality of palliative care because medical providers will opt for the more cost-effective route. Think about that, right? With all the talk of healthcare costs and so forth, you can say theoretically palliative care should be applied, but if it looks like it's going to be many multiples of cost higher than a path toward euthanasia, um, through quick injection, what's the debate going to be, especially for people who have uh, serious medical care costs and so forth? 
Uh, it says, further legalizing euthanasia will impede the ongoing search for cures and treatments for terminal illness by undermining the motivation to provide relief to those suffering people. Another practical argument is that legalizing assisted suicide would give too much power to doctors. From this perspective, euthanasia gives doctors, not patients themselves, the ability to decide when patients die. Doctors provide the information to disabled patients on which they will base their decisions about euthanasia. Hence, no regulation on euthanasia laws could be strict enough to take this power away from doctors. That patient-doctor you know, uh, relationship and so forth would trump just about anything else out there. Evidence has shown that doctors do make improper decisions sometimes when using their power. For instance, studies have found that DNR orders, do not resuscitate orders, are more frequently used for black people. Alcohol misusers, non-English speakers, and people infected with HIV. This data suggests that doctors have stereotypes about which lives are more or less valuable and use these stereotypes when advising patient decisions. Now, there might be arguments that any one of those groups there, that, that statistically it leans this way or that way for or against the use of euthanasia. But the point is, you can, you can see how one's personal perspective here could influence a life and death decision. Also, finally, uh, most religious arguments concerning assisted suicide reason that euthanasia is death against the will of God. The majority of these points have been presented by people of Christian faith, yet represent values common to many groups. Many of the points central to this perspective overlap with ethical arguments, like respecting the sanctity of life. Religious arguments, however, are founded on the belief that life is given and taken away by God. It goes beyond just a humanistic question and that no human being has the authority to take this role. In this view, a doctor who euthanizes a terminally ill patient is sacrilegiously playing God. Religious enthusiasts also maintain that human life is valuable because it is made in God's image. Therefore, to suggest euthanasia, even for oneself, is to say that life is worthless, and absolutely no one has the right to that statement because of our intrinsic value, uh, which is in relation to God. According to a Christian faith, a person's value is not measured by mobility or intelligence or any particular achievements in life. So another contention by, uh, from the religious perspective is that all human lives are equally valuable because we were all created by the same God. Therefore, severely ill patients maintain the same intrinsic value as other people. It would be against God to treat these lives as worthless, as would be done once you prescribe euthanasia. To opponents of assisted suicide, the term death with dignity is a euphemism that is not acknowledged by the medical world. Their ultimate assessment of assisted suicide is that the practice would devalue human life and could lead us down the path of dangerous health care practices. Now, you recall we started the whole program talking about an article uh, from Wesley Smith called The Wages of Death. And when you talk about the slippery slope, there are quite a few that uh, he discusses here. One was a 2016 case. Um, uh, that stated prior to becoming unable to care for herself, a woman with dementia wrote a note stating that she never wanted to live in a nursing home. Despite that, she was institutionalized where she became afraid and wandered the halls. Typical symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. Her doctor, without asking, decided the time had come to end her life. The doctor drugged the woman's coffee so that she would sleep while being killed. A violation of euthanasia rules. Whether that doctor was prompted or encouraged by family members or anyone else, of course, we don't know. But in this case, he certainly took it upon himself to make that decision. Then things went even worse. According to the Daily Mail, 
Um, while the doctor was attempting to lethally inject her, the woman woke up and fought to save her life. The paperwork showed that the only way the doctor could complete the injection was by getting family members to help restrain her. It also revealed that the patient said several times, I don't want to die in the days before she was put to death. And the doctor had not spoken to her about what was planned because she did not want to cause unnecessary, uh, unnecessary extra distress. Now, just ponder that for a moment, okay? <clears throat> the doctor's making a decision, uh, perhaps heavily influenced by the family. The, the family's motivations could be any number of things. Could be personal, uh, could be financial, could be they didn't want to see somebody suffer anymore. They're, they're basically foisting all of those upon this person who is suffering. And the doctor then is sitting there with multiple clients, not just the patient, but also listening to the family, perhaps factoring in medical costs and other kinds of things into that decision. But in this case, it was a her, not a he, took it upon herself to make that decision. Now, the Belgians have taken their euthanasia regime to an even more radical extreme. Mentally ill patients have been voluntarily euthanized and their organs immediately harvested. And then that was followed by the Dutch, who also did the same. Uh, the Belgians also pioneered joint euthanasia deaths of elderly couples who would rather die than face widowhood. The death doctor in one of these cases was procured by the couple's son who told a reporter that this was the best thing to do because he could not care for them. Joint geriatric euthanasia has also ended the lives of elderly couples in the Netherlands at a Swiss suicide clinic and most recently in Canada. Belgian euthanasia has grown so wild that a doctor who had supported legalization and served as an oversight official resigned from his responsibilities because of the number of abuses that had passed through his committee with nothing done uh, to hold the wrongdoers to account. Canada also going down this road. Um, they, uh, after a Canadian Supreme Court conjured a right to receive euthanasia if the patient has a diagnosed condition causing interminable suffering, including psychological suffering as, a def as defined by the patient, meaning that there is no objective test, the country embraced what is known as MAID, M-A-I-D, Medical Assistance in Dying with Great Gusto. And it goes on and on here in the article. This is called The Wages of Death by Wesley Snipes. And if you'd like to still weigh in on the program here, there's time, 457-1290. Um, he goes through a number of different cases here, um, including, interestingly now, the something called the Death with Dignity Act, uh, which is something that's been uh, promoted in Oregon and other places in the country here. And the idea here is that patients suffering from any disease not just those that typically qualify, like some of those that we've discussed, but that any disease uh, that they may not be able to afford a treatment or medication for, that the family or the person in question may choose not to pursue certain treatments or take some medication for a personal reason. If the patient does not receive the treatment or medication, then they would qualify for the Death with Dignity Act. Now, this gets into a whole set of different uh, complications when you think about it. Family is under duress. They're under duress financially. Uh, someone's lived to a certain length in life and they want to make a decision based on that. They may want to make a decision based on the fact they don't want to take additional medications. There are an awful lot of people, for instance, who have suffered from cancer, who want no part of chemotherapy. They want no part of additional therapies. 
And they, in, in, instead of just simply saying, I will no longer take these medications, one of the avenues that is being advanced here is the idea of this death with dignity, that you could suddenly decide, okay, I've had chemo, I think chemo's killing me anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and ask my physician to come up with a different cocktail, a different concoction to uh, hasten my exit. Uh, so it, it does open a, a big can of worms uh, with all of this. Now, what about the doctors? What qualifications would a doctor have to have to participate in assisted suicide? They uh, do not need, really, to have any significant experience in treating a patient's malady leading to the death request. Thus, there's a, uh, a person here, Lonnie Shabelson, a California part-time emergency room physician and assisted suicide activist who had, in recent years, mostly practiced advocacy rather than medicine, well, this individual opened a death practice in which he charges $2,000 to counsel patients and write a lethal prescription. What experience would an ER doctor have in treating terminal illnesses such as cancer, ALS, or renal disease? Beyond school, and maybe residency, not much. Similarly, a Belgian oncologist lethally injected an individual who did not have cancer but suffered from long-term depression, a malady clearly outside the doctor's specialized training. So this, it goes on and on where the cases here are complicated, but people are making their decisions despite training, despite the Hippocratic Oath, and proceeding to go down a certain direction, especially at the behest of a patient who may want to say, my life is not worth it anymore. So how far do you go with this? Who decides who lives and dies? There's still time for you to get in on the program, 457-1290, when we come back. We're also going to uh, talk a little bit about some of our upcoming shows here. I'm going to give you some resources uh, about this topic that you can read more about. Um, and we've got a lot more still ahead. So stay with us. George from Troy will be back with you in just a second. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. During the month of June, James Free Jewelers becomes James Free Cruise Jewelers. That's right. For the entire month of June, you'll receive a free four-day, three-night cruise with any bridal purchase over $5,000 at James Free Jewelers. Or James Free Cruise Jewelers. There's no fine print, no hidden expenses. We'll even pay the port fees and taxes. Come see the area's best selection of diamonds and world-renowned bridal jewelry designers. And with any bridal purchase over $5,000, get a free cruise on Norwegian Cruise Line as well as others. But only during June and only at James Free. See store for details. Get the diamond, get the setting, get the wedding bands, and now the honeymoon at James Free Cruise Jewelers. Your passport to the perfect wedding. 3100 Fire Hills Avenue in Kettering. Does anyone pay retail for a diamond anymore? Not at James Free Cruise Jewelers. This is Mo from Mo's Outdoor Equipment and Supplies in Springboro. It's Toro's biggest sale of the year. Hurry in and take advantage of the great deals and make your yard the envy of the neighborhood this spring. Let Toro take the work out of mowing your yard and save instantly with rebates on the Toro Super Recycler, Toro Titan HD, or the Toro Time Cutter HD. Plus, use your Toro credit card and get a Visa prepaid card up to $100. Visit us today at Mo's Outdoor Equipment and Supplies in Springboro or at buyatmoes.com. What goes better with summer than live music and cold beer? The answer is nothing, folks. Not then. 
So on Saturday, June 23rd, Miami Valley Gaming gives us rhythm and brews with over 100 great brews and live music headlined by Little Ed and the Blue Imperials on the Yingling stage. Plus food trucks, plus free admission. So come down June 23rd from 4 to 10 p.m. for nothing but good times. See player services for complete rules. Must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the gambling helpline at 1-800-589-9966. The future's coming fast, so Spectrum's getting faster. Hey, there's going to be billions of connected devices in the next few years. Someone's got to power this stuff. That's why Spectrum is accelerating internet speed starting at 100 megs across their fiber-powered network to keep everything, and that means everything, connected. So bring on the next big thing, and the next big thing after that. Spectrum is here to power it. Are you ready for what's next? Spectrum. Think forward. To learn more, visit Spectrum.com. At McAfee, we strive to remain a leader in our industry by realizing you, the customer, comes first. We also know your time is valuable. You should never have to take time away from what matters to get an estimate on a new system for your home. So now, like never before, receive a price instantly using our online estimating tool at mcair.com. Any season, any time. McAfee. Everyone's financial needs are different. Tune in Saturdays at 3 as author David Gaylor discusses the plays for your game plan for retirement on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. When you look at your trees, do you see dead or hanging branches? Are leaves turning yellow or falling off? If your trees don't look healthy or if you're worried that they may be unsafe, call the tree care professionals at Arbor Experts, a locally owned and operated tree care company staffed with ISA certified arborists serving Greater Dayton. Visit their website at arbor-experts.com or call them at 937-233-4118. That's Arbor Experts at 233-4118. Less humid and really a pleasant Saturday for you. Partly sunny skies, highs in the upper 70s, clouds increasing in the evening as a cold front approaches, and that will bring with it the chance for showers and thunderstorms for your Sunday. Best chance in the late morning and early afternoon. But we will dry out for your Sunday evening under partly cloudy skies. Highs will be near 80 degrees. I'm meteorologist Crystal Davis on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. Gloria's away today. She'll be back soon. We've been talking today about physician-assisted suicide and more on that in just a second here, but some upcoming programs coming your way. We've been talking about the college that's now offering less and for a lot less than you'd pay elsewhere. We're going to talk about that, especially as people continue to make choices about where their kids are going to be going to school. Uh, you know, obviously financial uh, concerns are a big deal. Uh, who becomes the caregiving designated in a family? Is this a role that's preordained? How do families decide that? The lost art of letter writing and also teens, preteens, and pornography. These are all shows coming up here soon on your favorite program. There is a season. Now, um, if you're interested here, the states that are offering assisted suicide currently in the country include the state of Washington, Oregon, California, Colorado, Vermont, Hawaii, and the District of Columbia. There are a number of other states considering bills and so forth, uh, but those are the, the, the seven locales here in this country that have passed some kind of legislation allowing for 
uh, physician-assisted suicide. If you'd like to look into more about this topic, there are a number of great places you can read up on it. Certainly on the, uh, the for side of the debate is the Right to Die organization. There's also the Final Exit organization and so forth. There is a great deal also out there, obviously, about the against part of this. Uh, an awful lot of uh, uh, traditional faiths are going to have arguments against this and also a lot of uh, humanistic organizations. But a great way to get kind of a, a synopsis of both of these are a couple of articles available um, through Penn State University's education uh, division or school. Uh, if you put out the argument for or against assisted suicide, Penn State mental health, it's actually me health is the, the shortened form of this. You'll find a couple of those articles. Also, obviously, you can check out, uh, you know, Wiki and so forth through Dr. Kevorkian. And then our, our core article here, uh, The Wages of Death, was by um, Wesley Smith. It appeared in National Review, and he goes through a great deal uh, of the issues here and boils it down to the moral of the story, strict guidelines by activists, you know, that activists propose in this case, will not protect against abuse, according to uh, Wesley Smith. Uh, and indeed, the restrictions tend to erode with time as people tend to work the law to their benefit. Legalizing assisted suicide and euthanasia shifts mindsets. And as a consequence, people don't care much about a steady increase in assisted suicide that follows legalization or about clearly abusive cases, which they would have once found abhorrent, but now don't seem to care as much about because it's legal. Finally, euthanasia and assisted suicide corrupt everything they touch, the doctor-patient relationship, familial bonds, and our embrace of the intrinsic value of human life. This includes society's commitment to suicide prevention services, which these days are usually not offered to those who are suicidal as a result of a terminal illness. The debate over assisted suicide should encompass what the regime of death will become and where it will lead. There is more to this argument than simply whether assisted suicide should be legalized for certain categories or individuals. It is a pretense that the practice will always be limited to the dying for whom nothing else can be done to alleviate suffering. And he finishes with, those with eyes to see, let them see. So a lot to ponder uh, on this whole issue. And I encourage you to read up more about it as technology continues to change as our society continues to march on uh, with a certain cheapening of life. Certainly uh, when you look at abortion, when you look at uh, violence and things that are put forth in media, it seems that death is always at our door, right, right there. And if this is a culture of death, you can see why the legalization of such, even in what seems to be uh, the altruistic endeavor of alleviating suffering, can be problematic and particularly problematic for us down the road. So read up on those things. Also, check out our website. We're going to be back online with that very soon. Thereisaseasonshow.com. And you can also write to us at Bob and Gloria at thereisaseasonshow.com at any time if you'd like to follow up with the program. I want to thank you for walking along with me today. Take an extra moment to stop and care for someone in your life or someone you simply encounter. And remember, dear friends, never regret growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For my dear friend and co-host, Gloria, who will be back soon, for our producer, and for all those who make the show possible, a big thank you to you all. I appreciate you being here this week. I'm Bob Wolf, and you've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 FM WHIO. Have a blessed week. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.